Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pastor Pete Becky, and I am joined by Pastor Don McDonald and Pastor Josh Kugel. And we talk about topics that we hope are interesting to people. And today's topic, I, I like being a little bit creative with, um, with the titles and such. And the topic title for today is Choose Who's News. You know, it almost sounds like Blue's Clues, Blue's Clues. No, I'm not going to do Blue's Clues, but still Choose Who's News. And the idea being that um, we live in a world that has so much information out there. I mean, I heard, and I'm going back probably 30 years when I'm talking about this, um, that in the probably 1990s, there was more information available in one Sunday edition of a New York newspaper than would have been available to the average person who lived at the time of the signing of the Declaration of Independence throughout their entire lifetime. So the point being, what was a lifetime's worth of information for somebody maybe 200, 250 years ago, you can see that even going back 30 years ago now in one day. Well, since then, what has happened? We've gotten internet. We've gotten um, all kinds of technology where you know it's 24 seven news. If you watch TV, you can't go onto social media without seeing news. You can't uh, do much of anything without news being thrown at you. And the thing that was interesting to me about this is that there's, I think we've all heard the um, slogan of one of the news, uh, cable news networks that says, we report, you decide. That's kind of a famous one. Now, I'm not picking on that network. I think we all probably know which network it is. I'm not picking on that network because the, the real truth is that for basically every news outlet, the truth really is we decide what to report. I think, Pete, when, you know, when you describe that, I, I always dive into the information age, as they call it, with an understanding that people are going to report things within their different eyeglasses, you know, mm -hmm. within their different perspectives, be it the liberal to the conservative side, and I think we need to be aware of all the different glasses that are out there. Right. You know, in terms of the, of the reporting. And, and it's really frustrating, you know, when people basically say, well, this is the truth because I got it from this news thing. And then, of course, I hear the direct opposite news report from another station. And there you are stuck in the middle sort of going okay you guys aren't going to play nice because you've heard the same story with different slants mm -hmm. 
And I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it for me, though, is so often the news that we hear is the news that someone else has deemed to be important. It's something that somebody else wants us to know about. And so who's choosing that? Who is deciding what it is that should be listened to? What, it, what is the important thing? Now, I mean, you ever heard the, the um, slogan or the saying, if it bleeds, it leads? Everybody, anybody remember that one when it came to news? If it bleeds, it leads. Oh, well, that's so. because, you know, back in the local news, especially, was talking about um, what, what they want to do to get ratings. If it's something that's violent, if it's something that, um, you know, somebody's been hurt or whatever, it is oftentimes the top story in the news. Yeah. Pete, I think, um, I think what, I think you just said the magic word, which was ratings. Mm -hmm. um, and ratings equal money because we're talking about advertisers. And, but the, the other thing is ratings within, and you talked about Fox News. I don't know if you're trying not to tell them. Um, Fox News and CNN, I think, is, has become the, the opposite to the left or even further left, I think, than MSNBC. But they have to get ratings within their political ideology as well mm -hmm. um, because they, they, they already attract a certain type of um, consumer or watcher or whatever. Uh, every once in a while, I make it my point to go to a very liberal uh, kind of um, uh, threads on Twitter hosted by very liberal politicians or something, and just to see what they're talking about and how they look at it. And, and what I find there is they can look at the exact same thing that I look at and see it completely differently. Mm -hmm. And so if your market is that group and you have to get ratings within that group, um, I, I just think you push the right buttons, you, 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 you slant the right way, you all that. And so I do think it's becoming more and more important for us to recognize the target audience of who is choosing our news. Mm -hmm. Because they are choosing news in a way that generates ratings within the group that they play to. Yep. Um, and, and I got to be honest, um, for some of these networks, I'm not in that group that they play to. And so I need to be really careful when I'm picking up tidbits of what they're reporting, because you know, um, I know that they only report fact and they have the most noble views possible and noble reasons for doing it, but we all know it's, that's not true. And we know that's not true because they begin to panic when their ratings go down, because that means that advertisers don't advertise as much. And so I just, for me, I hate doing this because I want to be as centrist as possible and get just the facts, but I have to recognize where I'm sitting and who's speaking to me before I know exactly <laughs> you know, the motivation of who's speaking and why they're reporting it and the way they're reporting it and all that. I, I hate that we've become that. The other thing really quick is um, you were talking about before on the, the newspaper had more information than people had before that. But even that newspaper that long ago was before 24-7 news. Right, right. And we all know that you cannot fill 24-7 news on 10 different networks, which is, I think, what we're at right now, or maybe more by just reporting big stories that are going on. Mm -hmm. You have to generate news. You have to create controversy. You have to poke and prod. 
And so people are literally in the news business now. I don't want to say this is why they go in there, but they're in the news business to create reactions that get us angry so that we tune in. And the more we tune in, the more ratings they get. So the more they make us angry, the more we give them ratings, the more they make us angry. And the more, and, and I got to tell you, our last president was really good for ratings because a lot of people were angry at him. <laughs> and, and the same is, is happening in reverse now, but we're just being played, I think, by the people giving us our news. I think there's another emotion, though, Josh, that yeah. here too. It's the emotion of fear. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's either anger or fear. If we can create an avenue of fear, then you want to listen more because you're scared. So as much as we have anger, which I agree with, by the way, is as much as we have fear. And, and Do, I, Is there a reason, does, does fear, fear and anger, does it play better than love? I, I think in our world, my mind would say yes, in a way, wouldn't we, really? Well, if you were going to turn and in, tune into a news station and there was something that you were supposed to be afraid of, Skylab is falling. Remember that one back in the, what was it, 70s, 80s? You know, I don't remember when that was. Skylab was going to fall and hit the earth and we didn't know where and you have to watch the news all day every day to see where it's going to land and end up landing in the ocean for the most part. Um, but if, if, if the news creates the need to keep watching them, well, people keep tuning in. Yeah. And if you're scared of something and you need to know what it is you're scared of or, or you need to know what's happening with what it is you're scared of, then you're going to keep watching them. Yeah. So I think, I think we said here, or Josh, I, I don't know if it was you or Don who just talked about the lens of what we're looking through. What, whose lens are we looking through? And the question has been in the last uh, several years, especially in the U.S. media, um, remember the, the term fake news? You know, who's telling the truth? Um, you know, and the question is, basically, if somebody disagrees with you now, they're not telling the truth. That's yeah. what it comes down to, as far as many people are concerned. And um, one of the things that I wanted to key on with all of that is we need to look through the lens of Jesus as Christians. What is that lens? I like, Josh, the way you're saying you want to try to be centrist when you're getting your information. You want to try to get you get get um, information from all sides, not just one side. And Jesus um, talked about the fact that he is the truth, and you know he will give us another advocate to help us and be with us, and he, and it's called the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And this may sound strange when I'm talking about the news, but when we're talking about the news, if we start questioning, well, which news is telling the truth, maybe it'd be a good idea for us to be praying about that mm -hmm. and say, you know, Lord, why don't you help me to see this? Help me to see it through your lens. What's going on truth-wise? I think, Pete, where I've been through all of COVID, <laughs> not so much who's right or wrong, but how can I be a reconciler to build unity in the life of the church, even when there are different opinions? Mm -hmm. 
because ultimately we're called to be reconcilers. Ultimately, we're called to be unity, you know, unity maker people, shall mm -hmm. we say. Sure. Um, and and I think the, the hard part of that is, uh, you know, and what I've been telling my people on both sides of the aisle is, hey, the number one thing we're called to do is to love one another in Christ. Our opinion should not matter. What it matters is where are you with Jesus? How are you experiencing Jesus in the moment? To me, that's more important. Can someone disagree with you and still be a Christian? Why not? I mean, you and I, Josh, don't always dance the same, do we? <laughs> we, can't, we can't handle that anymore. I think it's the most childish thing. Amen. Yeah, that somebody disagrees with me, so I question their faith or I question their motivation. Two people can see the same thing and come to a different conclusion and still believe that they're honoring God in doing so. Right. Well, I mean, and there's there's biblical prece precedent for that. If you go back into the book of Acts, um, it tells us that Paul and Barnabas had such a sharp disagreement with each yeah. other that they parted company. Well, who now, do you suppose was not the real Christian there? Well, that's a good question, you know, and, and then that's a, that's another whole Bible study on itself, because I think that there's a really good, a really good lesson there that that shows that they were both following what they believe God wanted them to do and that God ended up using both of them. When you think about it, exactly. Not only, not only that, it expanded the ministry because instead of two guys doing it, it ended up being four in two different areas. Yeah. But I think, Pete, when you go back to, you know, choose who's news, mm -hmm. do we let news determine who we are or do we let Jesus Christ determine who we are? Yeah. And I, my argumentation is we're spending a lot of time letting the news determine who we are and not Jesus. That's right. what I'm at on. No, I, I have to bring up, too, I, I, it's hard for me to hear the news anymore without also when it's being reported it, it is also told to me or expressed or even, even subconscious. I mean, just kind of somehow told to me how I should feel about that news. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and there used to be news reporters that was, were concerned with just, I, I, I don't know if Walter Cronkite was the guy, but I think he was the one that people thought just reported the facts and let you, I don't know if that's true or if it's before him, but um, we don't live in a world where anymore people just say, this is what happened today. Yeah. Do with it what you will there's also this mindset of this means that, and you should feel this way about and all this stuff. And we've got, we're in this world where we have to pigeonhole everybody into certain compartments. You are a conservative who believes this. You are a liberal who believes this. There is no deviation from this. And I have to know how I feel about you so I can make a judgment about who you are as a person that comes from, I don't know, we're just children. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, and Josh, there's, you know, the truth of the matter is what, what's missing is the reality of the call to love one another in spite of who we are. Yeah. You know, yeah, and absolutely. I think that's, you know, and, and I'm not going to point fingers and say it's all the news fault. No, it isn't. It's they're it, giving us what we want. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, the question that I always ask myself is where's my heart in the process? You know, I've, I've spent a lot of time through the last two years asking one one simple question and another elder and i've been together on this is what is common sense through the whole thing mm -hmm. yeah. the lens of common sense let's start there and also understand that you know we we're trying to uh not polarize the church but unify the church even in the world of 
trying to figure out whose news is whose. Right. Well, the other thing, I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Well, well, I'm just saying, let me ask you then, you hear some news that is discouraging. You hear some news that makes you panic or even see another group in a negative light. What, what do you do with that news? How, how do we filter that news so that it doesn't make us respond like the rest of the world does? I, yeah, number one is, again, going back to what Pete was talking about and you too, Josh, and I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to use the word agenda. What is the agenda of the ones who are being the source of the news? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my agenda is Jesus. You know, and, and mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of truth to people need to wake up and understand. I'm going to use another strong word. The doctrine of viewership determines what the news is going to be. Yeah, yeah. right. I was going to use that word agenda again when right before you brought it up don because that's the thing is what is the agenda of the person or the company or the news outlet or whatever it is what is their agenda you know um what's scary to me when i say scary concerning i guess would be the better word to it would be is that when when we start seeing news or differing opinions being censored um, that's, that's quite concerning to me. Um, you brought up Walter Cronkite, Josh. Yes, he was known very much. He was at one time known as the most trusted man in America, from what I remember. And, uh, and that's the way it was January 12th, 1962 or whatever, you know, it might be. And that's what he said. And what he had a reputation of just stating the news no opinion but yeah. what happened with him and this is just some history is he went on assignment to vietnam to view the war personally and he was doing some like war correspondent work and then he got back to the united states and he gave an opinion and it was i mean it was definitely it was known that this was an opinion this was not news but you know just like an op-ed and he came out and basically said, there's no way we can win this war, you know, whatever. And Lyndon Johnson, who was the president, is said to have looked at that and said, well, if I've lost concrete I've, or concrete, con, concrete, I've lost the country. Yeah, yeah. And so that was um, part of what happened. But until, you know, back at that time, I think he retired in the 70s, late 70s, maybe mid 70s. And um, until that time, that's what news was. Now news is agenda-driven, and yeah. we, we, we've all talked about it. And Don, I liked what you said about what can we do to bring about the fact that we want to be people of truth, people of reconciliation. Um, you know, right now it's hard to do that because, shoot, you get on Facebook and you say the wrong thing, they'll suspend your account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, True. It, yeah. And I mean, I've, I've known people who that's happened to. I mean, um, there are, there are, Josh, you were telling me about the one person who that happened to. Um, Allie Beth Stuckey just happened this afternoon. Okay. And could you explain that to our listeners? I don't know if you, that was she, uh, on camera. She uh, uh, was speaking about a transgender athlete in Japan is from from New Zealand, I think, and um, used the wrong pronoun to 
refer to that person, not in a mean way or anything like that, but she was trying to defend women's sports, used the wrong pronoun and had her account suspended by Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have, you, you, what, we're, what we're beginning to watch is that the government may allow you to have free speech wherever it is, but there are companies that are growing more powerful than, you know, at least over public discourse and things like that than the government is. And they're determining what's acceptable and what isn't. And right. um, we're far down this road. But hey, Pete, let me ask you a quick question. Or Don, either one. Churches are burning in Canada right now. I, I, I've talked about this before. We haven't talked about it here. I don't think it's being covered very much on the news. The Chinese government is tearing down churches left and right. In parts of Africa, Christians are being killed, some being forced into slavery for not converting to Islam. These stories meet all of the criteria for what should be covered in American news. It's people that are being oppressed, it's persecuted groups, it's uh, people that are defenseless, all this stuff. And if we recognize that news is agenda-driven, and the news barely, if ever, covers these stories. What is the logical conclusion we should come to? I think, you know, part of it is taking responsibility to get that news out somehow. You know, even, even if you get censored in, in Facebook, my attitude with it is, okay, if I get censored, it calls attention to the story. But, but why isn't the news covering those stories? Uh, you know, I think part of it is, is because it's part of the church of Jesus Christ. And that seems like they don't want to have, as it were, take a, we're definitively Christian or we're definitively Jewish or we're definitively Muslim. It's like all things religion, they almost have totally backed off of. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's very true, Don. Um, you know, cause I, I find it interesting, Josh, that along those lines, you know, you look at some local news, almost every news broadcast they will have some story about something that happened you know that was you know you talk about fire or you talk about a shooting or you talk about whatever and it's always you know about local stuff but then there'll be some strange news story that happened 12 states away it's like well why is this part of the local news well you know, it doesn't make sense when then we are ignoring the um, the the Christian stuff like you're talking yeah. about. And, you know, I, I believe that there is a persecuted church. I really do. Um, you know, persecution isn't when they make you. Um, you never know it by watching the news. Pete. Yeah. But I'm just saying persecution isn't about, you know, if they make you remove the uh, Ten Commandments from the uh, city park. That's yeah. not a good thing, yeah. but persecution is when people are getting killed for their faith yeah. and, and jailed for their faith. I mean, there, there are people in China and other parts of the world right now who are being literally killed, jailed, tortured because of their Christian faith. Yeah. And that's not being covered. And I think that part of it is that, Don, I think you kind of alluded to it, is that um, it's it's about this God thing. It's about this Christian thing. You know, it's, we want to be more involved with the, with the everyday stuff. This is just kind of remote for us. It just kind of seems like that's the, that's the attitude people get. I don't know why. 
it, I, well, I, I think there are a, a couple of reasons, and I, I don't know exactly which one it is most. I think I think Donna's right, but I, I think it comes from an agenda that's very anti-church. Um, but I think it could also be anti-church in the sense that we're we're in a very our culture is very anti-colonialism and all the things that the founders were about and everything. And I think they see the church as institution with that. But mm -hmm. the one I worry about more than those, because I know the world's going to be against the church. I, I know that. Um, you expect it. Um, we have a different agenda. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so I, I but what what worries me more than any of it is it doesn't produce ratings because Christians don't really care. Mm -hmm. um, well, sometimes to me, Josh, one of the things that 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 I don't want to say concerns me, bothers me. I'm not exactly sure how to say it, but sometimes when I hear the news, regardless of what it is, whether it's church, whether it's not church, they start reporting on things and it's like, well, yeah, but what can I do about it? You know, I mean, if there's a, if there's, you know, lack of water in, in, you know, this, this country in Africa, or if there is, you know, uh, slave trades going on in Mozambique or someplace. Yeah. yeah, that's horrible. But it's like, what, what can I really do about it? You know, I mean, I know that there are things that, that can call attention to it, but yeah. You know, there's only so much that I can do from here in Xenia, Ohio, that uh, that so I can saying, deal with. You're that. saying it's every like every time I hear Sarah McLaughlin singing in that animal shelter commercial with all those sad dogs, and I turn the channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like how many dogs can you take? You know, I mean, you know, and we all do we do all our part. You know, that that's something else. You know, you talk about animals that are um, that are in, in shelters like that. What about all the people, the kids who need foster homes? You know, they, yeah. they need foster parents. You don't hear that on the news that much. Never. You need, you need Never. people who are adopted. You know, need adoptive parents. You don't hear about the need for that. I, I think the thing that's going to be interesting in the next 15 years, though, and this is probably why news has gone in the direction it has, the competition of YouTube and that genre your main line news companies are losing out to the youtubes are losing out to i mean their viewership is dropping they're not i mean direct tv in five years basically their clientele their customers dropped by at least 60 percent mm -hmm. And, and so the way we are doing media in general is going through a radical revolution. And mm -hmm. I think that's also going to be true for news. You know, that, yeah. that's why we're getting viewership, you know, as it were, analyzation about how can we hold on to, and I think that's the key word, Josh, how can we hold on to the viewership we have now? Because yeah. yeah, they're yeah. losing out. You know, I, I, I have a new addiction. It's called YouTube. And I spent probably most of my night just sort of going through YouTube and, and seeing the different news uh, systems that are out there. There's some beautiful conservative news broadcasts on YouTube. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and I think, you know, when you were talking about... Uh, they won't be there much longer. Yeah, well, you know, that's going to be interesting how all that's going to play out from a historical YouTube. viewpoint, going back to what Pete's talking about. Yeah. YouTube is Google, and Google has already shown that they're, they're, uh, they're willing to curb public discourse. Right. Well, and it'll be interesting to see how much they do of that, though. And I think yeah. for Christians, what is our prayer walk like 
as we talk about this, because really what's going on is like the printing press of the 1600s, which radically changed the world. The birth of America was through the printing press. The yeah. internet is the next one that's radically changing our world. And, and, and I, I'm and sorry, go ahead. When we're looking at news in particular, if we as Christians are not, shall we say, gently, boldly aggressive, saying we need our news out there as much as anybody else, if we don't, if we stay apathetic, and yeah. yeah, we're going to get what we deserve. So let me ask this, because this is kind of an interesting thing. This gets to the back of the question, choose whose news. Yes. Um, where, what do we do? If there, there are so many outlets out there right now, but how do we choose it? You know, does it, does it bother anybody else uh, in our panel here that, for instance, um, even Christian news or news from a, quote, Christian perspective still seems to dwell on the same issues that the secular news does, but maybe just taking a little bit different point. How come the Christian news the outlets don't talk about more of these things that we're talking about with the persecution of, of people, the burning of churches? Now, I did, I did want to say, Josh, that there, there have been times when the, when the news media has focused on burning of churches, but that's usually if they're predominantly uh, African-American and in the yeah. South. Yeah, it's a and and there's again there's an agenda there, um, and that does not mean in any way, shape, or form that I don't think those are Christian churches. They are, you know, there are Christian churches, and and none of them should be burned. That's horrible uh, when that happens. And I just wish that the media would concentrate as much on other churches that are not happen to be Southern um, African American ones. But wh why do why do the news outlets that are even that are even christian news outlets why do they always keep focusing on the same things it's like there's a, a a set of stories that need to be told news stories that need to be told and everybody has to hear about the same ones that's what that's what really bothers me so how do we go about choosing what news we are going to listen to and better yet how are we going to go about choosing who it is that is going to basically supply our news, knowing that every single place has an agenda. They're telling us something because they want us to hear it. As I, I like to say, I like to say it this way, everything that is read or heard is there because someone wanted it read or heard. Yeah. Consider, think, yeah, consider the source and consider why that source wanted it read or heard. Pete, I think we have to make ourselves aware of the agenda and find, pe find people that have the same agenda. Yeah. Because everybody's opinionated anymore with news. And, and I, you know. I want I, to take a step farther back. In a way, I might be a wee bit disagreeing with you, Josh. Okay. But all right. You can we can't just, have disagreement yeah. on here. Oh, I mean, no. I, we got to be smiling. But, I know that I'm the, I'm the Christian of the two of us. So. Uh, <laughs> Josh, I love you, man. I, I think what's more important, Pete, to be honest, is listen to all the voices. Listen hmm. to the, the themes. Listen to how it's being differently interpreted. And then ask yourself this question. How does that fit with your understanding of the world as it relates to Jesus Christ? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, I we've lost the ability to really make decisions on our own. Mm -hmm. I, I listen to a lot of people, but 
the one I listen to most, and I, I don't know how you guys feel about him and all, but I, I listen to Alfred Moeller about every other day. Mm -hmm. He does a podcast, handles some world news that is different than what other people handle. I, I, I've learned to trust his perspective on some of those things. Yeah. I'm not saying you guys should. I'm not saying anybody else should. I'm just saying after listening and going different places, I, I just trust his heart a little bit. For me, that makes it easy because I don't want to be sitting around listening to news all the time. Exactly. Second guessing people and, and saying, well, this guy lies all the time, or I wonder if he's telling the truth now. I mean, I think my favorite is I was talking to my sister Leith and when she really feels like she wants a viewpoint of America, she listens to the BBC out of Britain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. be what the European viewpoint of America is. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think when you're looking at choose whose news, the real issue is going to be, you know, how do you choose your news? A and B, are you thinking for yourself? Mm -hmm. when you listen to all these, you know, sure. simple trust anymore in just one voice, I think is dangerous person. Right. And as yeah. a slight tangent here, I would like to also just, um, caution that if we get too hung up on the news that it becomes to become something that almost we get absorbed in that that's not necessarily going to be constructive in our lives either if the well, if the news starts causing you more consternation than it yeah. does peace with god then perhaps you need to start being careful about how much news you consume and pete i i just want to make that point when you brought up when you brought up at the beginning, comparing the newspaper to the people from earlier and how it was so, I honestly don't think that we're supposed to know what goes on from, uh, what goes on in somebody's house a thousand miles away from us. Right. I, I don't think we can handle that much information. Um, I don't think I need to know what's going on in California all the time. I don't think I need to know what's going on in a village in Africa all the time, even though it's, it's neat, maybe it's kingdom focus or something like that. At what point do we just have too much coming in right. and God didn't make us to handle all that? And maybe that's adding to the anxiety we have and everything else. I, I, I really don't need to know what's going on in Canada with the church. I, I, I want to and I want to pray for that church. But honestly, I can barely handle what's going on in my own life. <laughs> there is a song that came out about uh, three years ago by Josh Wilson. It was called Dream Small. Has anybody heard that one? It starts out with the words, it's a mama singing songs about the Lord. It's a daddy spending family time. The world says he cannot afford. These little moments change the world. And the, the chorus kind of goes, dream small. Don't feel like you have to do it all. You know, just bottom line is be a Christian in your part of the world, meaning in your circle of influence where you are. I'm not always going to be able to do all these other things. It says, of course, there's nothing wrong with bigger dreams as part of the words. Um, but, you know, the idea being do your part where you can. And I think the same goes kind of like what you're saying, Josh, for the news. You know, if, if we need to know about something, I mean, let's face it. Do I need to know in here in the Dayton, Ohio area, do I need to know about every fire that happened? Do I need to know about every car crash? Do I need to know about every um, that's shooting? For, that's a recipe for anxiety. Yeah, it is. It really is. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was, um, we had our consistory meeting slash council meeting 
Tuesday and, and one of my deacons led a, a devotion and she took it from a book called God's at War, Defeating the Idols that Battle for Your Heart. It's written by Kyle Eidelman. And the essence of the book is how quickly things can become idols that take us away from the presence of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. And news is that. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to make news your idol. Yep. And and I and I think that's the thing that really comes to mind, Pete. You know, as I as I was reading through the material, and it just caught me now, is you you need to start your day first saying, you know, the Lord is on the throne. He is mm -hmm. in control of everything. Leave the news off for at least a half hour to get your mind tuned in with the presence of God before you dive into all the insanity. That would be yeah. my recommendation personally. That's a great recommendation, Don. Do you have a recommendation, Josh? Um, I can just tell you which news networks to turn off. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, um, Jordan Peterson, I, I love, I, I, I think he's, he's not a Christian. I think God is working on him and I think God's bringing him close to the kingdom. But he says uh, a lot of people focus on the events going on in the world um, as a way to keep themselves from addressing the events that they can control. And, and so these are things I can't affect, but they're fun. They, you know, all this stuff, but I can go clean my room right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the idea is there are things you can do. And then there are things that, you know, are neat to, to talk about or to pitch a fit about that don't, you know, you, you can't actually make it, but, but there is something that you can do to change and make things better. Yeah. He would say, go clean your room, but I would say, go, go, uh, you know, teach a class at church <laughs> or something like that. You know, um, there's something you can do to make the world better, but it's not by focusing on this worldwide problem and, and getting angry about it and fighting with somebody on Twitter about it. Right. And I think that if I, if I would add one thing to it all, I would also say if, it is news that is seeming to consistently be dividing people hmm. purposely, then maybe you need to turn it off because if that's the agenda they're after, that's not a godly agenda. Well, Pete, the, the good thing is COVID has brought all of us together and divisions have been minimized by the news during COVID. So I, I hope that anybody listening can hear the dripping sarcasm. In, in yeah. And I mean, and again, you know, that's one of those things if, and, and be careful if, if something is being censored, I think the other thing is, if something is being censored, um, be, be very careful about those who are doing the censoring, um, because there's an agenda there. You know, yeah. if, if, if we want to hear ideas from around the spectrum, we ought to be able to be listening to them and considering them and figuring out for ourselves what has merit and what does not. And when I'm saying for ourselves, I mean, figuring out for ourselves and also especially prayerfully mm. through the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. Why do I keep thinking Maranatha, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus right I, now? I say it every night. I literally say that every night. Um, and I, and it was really cool. The one night I, I went outside and I said that and the lightning flashed. Yes. It was really cool. <laughs> and so um, I didn't really think that he was actually coming at that moment, but I just thought, oh, that was cool. <laughs> so I, I, I think, Pete, when you look at choose who's news, maybe we need to say choose the news of, of Jesus first, please, and go yep. from there. Because his good news is that he is the way, the truth, the life. 
No one comes to God the Father except through him. Yep. For he so loved the world, God gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what it is. He came to reconcile us to God the Father, Jesus did. And that's where we get the name Reconciling Grace for this podcast. And that is news. That is the good news, folks. And I hope that everybody listening understands that that's our main agenda. We have an agenda here on Reconciling Grace, and that is that we want you to come to know Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, uh, that's what we want. And if you do know Jesus Christ, we hope that you will draw closer to him and that these um, podcasts will help you to do that. Amen. So, gentlemen, I do want to thank you for your time and your um, and your participation in these things. The, as always, it, it we get off a little bit on tangents, but that's what makes it interesting. And and I agree. I, I really appreciate that uh, the different tangents, and and I appreciate the viewpoints you both brought. So, for Pastor Don McDonald and for Pastor Josh Kugel, this is. Pastor Pete Vecchi, and I want to thank you for joining us again for Reconciling Grace. May God bless you. This has been Reconciling Grace. If you have a comment or a question for our panel, or if you would like to invite one or more of our panelists to share with your church or group, please send an email to rg at faithandfriendsradio.com. And thank you for listening to Reconciling Grace. Reconciling Grace.